This is the Get Down Podcast. Don't touch the mic. I'm Paulo 13. I'm Frantic. I'm King Wolves. This special is special guest today. Yes. Yes. Special guest, special human. 113th sip set. One. And a beautiful human being. Thank you for coming on our show today, bro. No, thank you for having me for real. Always, always, so, always. always. We just got this idea. Actually, I think it was more frantic in Israel. They just dragged me into it. <laughs> <laughs> so now here we are. Here's the Get Down podcast. And here we are with my brothers. Brothers. Frantic and King Woos. All right, brother, let's hop into it. What have you been up to lately? Uh, just working away, like jotting down ideas for the next project, trying to figure out what I'm doing, what I want it to sound like. Yeah. You know, like focusing on the, the release of uh, Redemption that was October 17th. Uh, you know, really trying to gain traction when like being stuck in a house. Stuck in a house, <laughs> yeah. And it's, a, it's definitely hard like mentally for me to like try to like grasp that because I'm used to like going out and performing. Yeah. Pre- predominantly after a release. So it's like, it's really a big thing. So there's only one performance after I release, but just trying mm-hmm. to focus on other stuff. What's good though is like, is the step back. From like the step back to like, I don't know, I feel like these days, because I'm like stuck at home, COVID, mm-hmm. y'all probably stuck at home too. If not, you should be. Um, is that I feel like I'm in like the war room, like getting ready, like I'm preparing <laughs> yeah. for battle. Like yeah. I got papers everywhere, rolling papers and writing papers. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like all these ideas I got, like, oh, I'm gonna do it. Like, like you know, I've been toying, like, Frantic has got a. He's working on a project in French. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Damn. Yeah. So I've been toying with doing an album in Arabic. So like I'm just like. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 Just like talking another next next level shit. I ain't even got a second language. So. (laughs) Shit. Sometimes all you need is one. You use that one language pretty good. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. We were actually, you know, we were getting ready for this last night, so we were bumping all your discography Mm -hmm. from entering the to redemption and. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Appreciate man, that. just like listening, listening to the growth and the changes like over that period was insane. Like The Abyss is a fantastic album. Thank you. <laughs> I feel <laughs> so, like I'm over as any artist gets over the projects after time. Oh, yeah. On the next one. But like, yeah, no, that was that was a really fun project. I got to work very closely with Fester and Ghetto Socks on that uh, and really, you know, like work in studio, which I never had the luxury to do because a lot of it was like pay for studio time by yeah. an hour. And it's like when you have such a solid camp around you, it's like with, with the resources. I was able to like sit in the studio. Maybe I was there all day while other people were recording, but I'm still able to still. Well, you're soaking it up. Exactly. Right? And it's you're like, soaking it up. It was really, it was really lax and Fester at Satellite Studios. Shout out Fester. Shout out Fester. Um, he always held it down. He still holds it down. Always. He made everything as easy as possible for me. And always making sure I was getting the best takes and making sure my shit was sounding tight. So yeah. big shout out to DJ Uncle Fester. I recorded my last album yeah. with him. Starting to grow. Phenomenal alchemy. Yeah, yeah. he's like as Crazy. far as production and engineering goes. Like I don't know. I found just working with Fester like the the step up of like the sound quality and like everything. Just like I felt more comfortable. Like where yeah. you record and who you record with is important. I'm gonna tell you right now. Engineering. Your, your engineer is. The next level to your music because of course if you don't have a good engineer and they're just literally taking your fucking money you might as well chalk it up as a loss because if they're not sitting there and telling you like the first half of that was good like yeah. all right go back like like let, let's fucking get this let's get this take and we should like 
And when we're in, so we're so deep in it that we're like, oh fuck, that take with the bomb. Yeah. That shit was that was that was the, that was the one. And then he's like, nope, that wasn't the one. You got better. Yeah. And that and that's what Fester does for me. He does for all the artists that come through his studio. And it's like, you can get a better take. Yeah. You can get a better take. All right. And he's like, he's he's compiling all these takes, and 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 then you get to pick through and be like, okay, I want this one. And when you listen back, you're like, all right, yeah. I like the style of this one. But the delivery was better on this one. And then you're like bringing those two together. You won't even just say like do another one. He'll, no. he'll, sometimes we'll just be like, yo, I like slow it down a little bit. Like your your, yep. your cadence sounds better when you're in the cut. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? It sounds like you're Russian. You know, it sounds like you're Russian. Like, I don't know if he's ever done this to you, but <laughs> he sent my ass home when I was recording a song for my album because I wasn't ready. I was probably ready the day I've before or whatever. <laughs> he was like, no, no, you're not ready. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> Come back next week and get it right. And like, you know, at the time I was like, man, shit, I'm here now. Like, come on. But like that, that's what you need to make your sound sonically the best, right? Because like you can write the dopest song, but if... I like my, my, like... Honestly, like the day I write that, I don't like recording. And there's been times where I tried to rush and I haven't gotten the best. Okay. No. Like, okay, cool. Now you have a reference. Mm-hmm. But I've been sent home to the best. I'm- <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's that, 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 it has happened to me. And he's like, yeah, no, no, you're not, you're not, you're not too familiar with this. And he's a sleep like, sticker. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know what? He's like, take that home, get familiar with it, blah, blah, blah. We'll come back next week. And we'll fucking bang yeah, it over. But it's, like, it's just yeah, he cares, and that's right? it. And he, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want you to put on something that is subpar. Exactly. Right. He doesn't. He knows. He knows when you got yeah. you got quality in you. So he didn't like, even like one of my beats on on the project. I forget who produced it, mm-hmm. but he was just like, no, here you go, <laughs> boop. I got something new. Yeah, he's like, this is mixed poorly. Like, boop. That was like your grandmother handing you a 20. Don't I know what's Yeah, don't tell your mama. Don't tell your mama. That's when you buy some candy. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's so shout out to all the great engineers for one, because it does help you take your artistry to the next level, and it's very important. But that's what Fester has, like, gave to me and, like, allowed me to realize like this is what you need from yeah. an engineer uh another uh engineer uh used to work with limpro now counselor of district eight Wendell smith hey. he was he was that engineer for me and then after he left centerline studios i didn't have that we had uh jordan metro which was a really dope engineer and producer but if he wasn't comfortable with you he didn't want it. he didn't want to feel he wasn't good at giving that constructive Get, telling you yeah well it's and it might it might have been a thing where we weren't like close you weren't close yeah enough. and yeah. so it was like it was a little different to give that constructive criticism. And it's and, and honestly, it is easier to give it to somebody you're close you with. You know, right? exactly. But it's it's a skill that people have to pick up on just like we have to pick up on yeah. our rap. Well, it's like yeah. engineers, like rappers are in the the main, like they're they're out front, right? Yeah. They get all the love and recognition, right? But, but really, pieces. it's like if you don't have a good engineer and if you don't have good producers and like if you don't have a good team, you really ain't shit. No, you, you can be dope do. as fuck, but it doesn't matter. Like you know, like I was listening to some of my old songs. I dropped like a compilation album of like just old old music, mm-hmm. just so people could see the journey. It was right? sitting around, yeah. And like just listening to the sound quality, I would like listen to it side by side with my new shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like you know, this song was dope, but this could never be on the radio. It sounds exactly. like like you know, yeah. 
It sounds like Enter the 36 Chambers, which is an amazing album. Like, not the lyrics and shit sounded like Enter the 36 Chambers, but it sounded like it was recorded in the closet in, yeah. not in 1990. <laughs> you know, so, like, I was on my phone. Yeah, I was like, my phone it was recorded on a Nokia, like, with Snake, you know? <laughs> not even a Snake? Yeah, with the four buttons, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So let's talk a little bit about your journey. Like, uh, where you, like, where, like, when did you start? Like, do you remember when you wrote your first song? Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, I was, like, 14 when I first wrote my first constructed track, I guess. Like, yeah. full, through and through. Uh, it was to, um... Fuck, Sky's Limit. Whose beat was that? Was it? Sky's Limit is not the Biggie joint? No, uh, it was, like... Oh man, no! I think it was a Mike Jones beat. I think it was Mike. Mike Jones. Jones. Beat. It was a Mike Jones beat. Uh, Shut up, Mike Jones! I'm not doing that. Do not hit on Mike Jones. No, 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 no. But, Mike uh, Jones is smart, actually. He's so very. He 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 took like he took all that money and invested it in real estate, and he's actually like a real estate mogul. Why fucking not? Because of mm, you, you sell mm. property, people are buying property. All fucking. Hey. If you are in the industry, invest your money because this shit will not last forever. And I didn't even get it yet. No. Yeah, it <laughs> might not even come. It, <laughs> it might, might not never come. even come. I'm tell you, it's an unforgiving type of game. Invest your money. Um, but yeah, like first track was written to a Mike Jones beat. I forget exactly. I think it was Mr. Jones. That beat. Uh, really dope ass beat. Um, and yeah, I was like, I don't know, grade nine, just. Writing my shit every morning before I went to school. And it was funny because, like, while, while I was writing that song, it probably took me, like, fucking three weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I was, like, I would put it on as my fucking alarm clock off my iPod. And I had, like, the fucking speakers right next to my bed. So every morning I'd wake up, listen to that beat, and I'd be like, all right, cool. Here's some bars. Here's some bars every morning. <laughs> and it was, like, I don't even think I had a course. It was just straight bars, straight bars. Yeah. And I, like, went over. But, like, yeah, that was one of my first tracks. Couldn't tell you a goddamn lyric off of there, which is sad. I should be able to. My, uh, I probably have the actual verse somewhere, but my yeah. alarm clock is "Hustle and Motivate" by Nipsey Hussle. It's the only thing that'll get me out of bed. Yeah, besides powerful weed. words. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh, real shit too. I yeah, I found one of my ones like my actually the first song like I remember writing it. I was like thirteen, mm-hmm. and uh, I was trying to impress a girl. <laughs> Okay, we all have our and that's, emotions and in the that's, beginning. that's really how I wrote. That's how I started rapping. I was a loser, and I was trying to be cool. I was like, this, I was like, man, what does Lil Wayne got that I don't? <laughs> <laughs> all right, what let's start the Wayne got that I don't. At that point, it was like thirteen-year-old chubby ass. <laughs> Little brown kid. What does Lil Wayne got that I don't? Weezy yeah. have baby man. Fuck L- you, cut. Looking in the mirror. Fuck you. <laughs> You're like fucking hyping yourself up. That'd be funny. I'd get so mad. He don't even really play the guitar. It's all in the head. skateboard. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. But uh, honestly, in the beginning, one of my biggest influences was Lil Wayne. Uh, I think all-time favorite albums, if I had to top five in no particular order would be The Carter 2 is in there. Right? The Carter 2 is a really good album. And so it's like having that and I don't know, it was really, that album really fucking had me hooked at that time and like it spoke to me and it, like I related to it. 
a bit. Like not all the shit on there. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was fourteen. Fuck. Yeah. Was well, when I was, money? I like my first introduction to Lil Wayne was the Carter Three, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, at the time, especially being young, I was like, I was really like a hip hop purist. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, I was just a snob basically. I just thought, fuck everybody. Anyways, I just didn't like that style of like rap. But yeah. as I like, when I found the Carter Two and the Carter One, I actually really, really enjoyed those projects. It was the craziest thing is like going from the Carter One to the Carter Two and listening to them back to back, and it's like holy shit, the growth that he showed between those two projects were really fucking. He was dope. a kid. Exactly. It's like you're like he's like 19, 20, 21. And it's like, holy fuck, he's putting out this kind yeah. of music? Like, holy yeah. shit. Like, Lil Wayne's been doing this since he was like, he's been famous since he was like 12. Exactly. You, like, you, you, you grew up in a lifestyle. It's like, all right, we're going to make this money. And this is how we're going to do it. Just rap, write bars, rap, write bars, go to school. Yeah. And we're going to make money. <laughs> that, that's yeah. like, what is bad? Like, like you don't, you just got to go through school. You got to get through high he school. He was in the Hot Boys and he wasn't allowed to curse on the, on the song. He was <laughs> like, like on tour with like Juvenile and then and <laughs> he couldn't curse. Yeah, and you know like whatever they were doing is a lot worse than cursing. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah, I can only imagine this, like aesthetic of like you're the young guy and you're, you're the kid. You're the, like, you're, you're the youngest here. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> that, that, like, it's hard being the baby of the bunch, ain't it? <laughs> right. And it's like, I don't know. You just think about that and you just like look at that and like how those breaks happen for some people, you know? Mm. Like some people never catch that break. And then there's some people that catch that break well before they're ready for it. Not to say he wasn't ready for it, but there's people that do catch that break before they're ready for it. Well, I mean, when you're you're young, when you're like real young, you're not really, like somebody's guiding you. Somebody's telling you what to do, right? Like, Like this is kind of a, this is a different example, but like, you know, somebody like a Justin Bieber, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, somebody found him and they're just like, we can market the fuck out of this kid. Stop right? That's this one. What? Usher. Yeah, was that was Ursher. Ursher. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, so it's like you, you have someone that like hones in like that yeah. guy over there. Yeah. He's and then something. once you're in the room then, with millions of dollars and like <laughs> 10, 10 writers, <laughs> yeah, right? Like easy. And like, you know, when you're a kid, right? So somebody's like, here, sing this. Yeah. I'll buy your family a house. Whatever. You're just gonna fucking do it. 100%. And then it's like you have all those people just funneling, 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 funneling money into you and being like, all right, cool. Like, let's, this is what we want them to look like. This is what we want them to sing about. This is what we want them to do. And this is what they, we want their tour to look like. And the Justin Bieber thing is fucking ridiculous yeah. because he, like, he was super, super, superstar. Yeah. At like yeah. 15 years old. Yeah. With like selling out big arenas. Yeah. With, with kids. Yeah. And, with and kids. He, here's yeah. the other thing though. Here's the other thing, right? He, on the flip side, he's getting hated on too. Oh, and like by much- adults, by grown ass men, they're like, fuck this kid. He makes music for kids. Like, yeah, he makes music for kids. He's he is a kid. kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, like yeah, you're being that. thrust into this world where you're not even a person. You're a commodity. You're an investment oh, to 100%. people. <laughs> right? Yeah, and like, access to all that party lifestyle and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and you too. got the yeah. money yeah. and like you got the ego, yeah. right? Yeah. You're like, pfft, you know, you're 17, you know. At the top of the world. Yeah, you're yeah. like, I got $20 million. I'm 17. 
Fuck you, mom. <laughs> Shut I would up never say that. Allowance. I would get my ass beat by my mom and my dad. All my ancestors with the, with the fury of my ancestors. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're 17, you got 20 million bucks. Like your ego is inflated, right? And I said, you, you, you grow up with that God complex and you just move into that world of like, hmm, what can I spend my money on to bring me thrills? Of course. But yeah, he, he was superstar at like, 12 years old kind of shit. It's like crazy. Yeah, but like, let's get back to Weezy for a second. Listen to that, like, little, like, early Lil Wayne didn't rap. Like, like the Carter Three after Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Not really. No. It's, there's a big difference. It's kind of like if you listen to, like, um, Eminem before uh, Recovery. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Eminem, like, literally changed his whole style of rap when mm-hmm. he quit drugs. Like, well, th- that's, uh, that's like uh not I'm not a big Eminem fan, but I do respect him. Like, but like if you listen to Royce the Five Nine, you listen to his old shit. Yeah. After he stopped drinking, his shit was like, whoa. Yeah. Because yeah. his shit was heat before. Yeah, Royce was, but it was like heat. And it was like, but it wasn't it wasn't pinpoint. It wasn't, you know. There wasn't the focus. Yeah, it, it was, was like, too uh, I'm just fucking rapping and I'm like, you know, and it's like just, and always gonna give you fucking heat, but yeah. There was more aim and there was more focus and there was more direction with that after, with that sobriety. When you're fucked up all the time, it's really hard to get your best out. And, That's and it. yeah, and the funny thing about being an artist is like, like uh, being an artist is like intrinsically linked with like drug use and alcoholism and like mental all health. sorts of shit, <laughs> yeah. mental health. Mm. And it's funny like the stigma of like. I can't write if I'm not drunk. I can't write if I'm not stoned. I can't write if I'm not, you know, this, yeah. that, and the other. Exactly. And, like, you know, I wonder to what extent people are, like, really... They think they're doing their thing, but they're really stunting their growth. There, there's just probably a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the plug in. Yeah, get the plug. But, no, there's there's definitely... I've been in those parts where, like, okay, I've been drinking a lot or... I have, like, my focus is off after I'm drinking. Like, yeah. Like, and it's, like, even in your daily fucking life, just imagine drinking for a fucking, a weekend or fucking four days straight and then trying to fucking get back to work on the fifth day. Yeah. You're, you're fucking tired. You're, you're like, ah, but I got to get this done. I got to get this done. And so you're kind of rushing that process and you're pushing oh, something that won't be your best. And and that's what happens yeah. when you use these substances is, like, it, it, it dulls your, like, fucking... Dulls your blade, I guess, if that's yeah, what you want totally. to say, like, right? Because it's like, it's, it's no matter how sharp you think it is, maybe you might be drunk while you're writing that, or maybe you might be high when you're writing that shit, but you, that is false confidence. It's like, you get drunk, you got five shots in you, but that girl across there is looking really good, and I would never talk to her sober, but tonight she's going to, I'm getting yeah, it's that yeah. it's that, yeah, that that false confidence and that liquid courage, right? Yeah. So it's like uh, I can kick that dude's ass and yeah. he's gonna just roll Boom. on you, you know Bang. what I mean? All right, <laughs> he wrote. sleep. It's like ah, fuck, man. So it's like we, and we know we have it has that effect on us, right? Yeah. And it's like it's that security blanket for a lot of people, because like like you said, like there's people that use substances and there's people that create even visual art and they're like, I can't I can't paint unless I'm high. I can't paint. Yeah. Unless I've got this and like, you know, created that safe atmosphere, them that, that secure atmosphere. It's funny because like, you know, um, I smoke weed 
a lot. And you know, you guys know yeah. this about me. Uh, but like, I find it difficult to write if I don't got weed, right? And it's not like it's not like the weed lets me tap into some shit that like wouldn't be there otherwise. It's more so that if I don't got weed, I'm probably anxious as fuck and freaking out. And I ain't sitting down to write anything. And that there's right? a difference. There's it, a difference there. Yeah, true. So like, but like, I'm not saying that as like, oh, like weed, but like. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm kind of saying, like, I've been trying to practice actually not smoking while I write just to see what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I just see it. I don't see it as just like, oh, this is part of my art. I just see it as, like, it's part of my life and something I'm trying to, like, not shy away from. But I just want to, like, I don't want it to be, like, I don't want to feel like I need weed to write. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I need weed to, like, you know, because that's just not it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I see. And that's it. And it's a big... <laughs> It's a really big thing for a lot of people. It's like, because they're so stuck in creating the circumstance, right? And being like really focused on like, okay, I did that successfully. And this is what I needed to do that successfully. It's like an athlete that uses steroids. Yeah. You know, it's like, but I can't, I can't not use steroids because I won't be able to perform at that level. Of course you fucking won't. You just fucking enhanced all your shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got muscles coming over your fingernails. Like, why? Like, it's like, <laughs> all right, cool. Of course, you're not going to be able to lift as much or some stupid shit like that. You know, it's like when you, like, but they created that thing, but they never gave themselves that chance to create without, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, so, no, for sure. Like, they didn't give themselves a chance to see how good they could actually be. But for you, it's like you're a daily smoker. You smoke. You're walking down the street smoking because I smoke the function. Yeah, There's yeah. people that just smoke the function. Which some people are opposed to, which some people like, oh, I don't get that. I don't know how they smoke the function. But like, my brother's a fucking, like, he smokes the function. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He, like, he's just like, all right, I got, wake up, smoke his joint, get his good day going. And fine. But like, there's that thing, that line between, okay, I'm about to do this. I need this. And I need this to create. It's, it's funny, like, how drugs affect people so differently. Like, you know, I mean, I smoke a joint. I just... I'm cool and yeah. somebody else smokes a joint to get, I get, right I get paranoid. paranoid. That's me. I don't smoke weed. Yeah. I get paranoid. Yeah. I get paranoid as fuck, man. It's like, I'm like, like why is he standing there? What's funny is my fuck. cousin used to smoke all the time and um, one day it just started making her crazy, paranoid, and anxious. And, and it happens and it's like there's different strands of weed from what I'm told is like that can trigger like psychosis and like... Just different different chemical reactions for different people because yeah. it can like if you're not smoking the right shit. Yeah, I mean whatever you put in your body, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Water, food, liquor, drugs, whatever air you breathing in. Hip hop is especially like linked to drugs in a lot of different ways, oh, especially fuck. these days. You know, they, I, yeah, I, like, it started with drugs. It was like it was a drug. Wrapped about culture from like, I would say like the 90s, early 2000s. And then it's like, <clears throat> now it comes into drug consumption. You yeah. Know? It was like, all right, we sell drugs, we sell drugs, we sell drugs. How about we start using those fucking drugs? Yeah. You know? It was like that <laughs> fucking like, that major flip. Now you got kids openly talking about they need fucking 10 Zans a day to fucking yeah. function and like, and glorifying it. And like, I'm a drug addict, B. Yeah. Look at me. Look at what this did to me. Look at yeah. these shoes on my neck. There's a little. Like, pop me apart. But there's a glorification of being. They don't shoot the part where everyone's like asleep, though. Yeah, there's, yeah. Being, yeah, there's a glorification. 
Yeah, come to my party. <laughs> come to my party. Come have a sleepover. Bring your blankets and shit. Me. Yeah, fuck. Well, you, you ain't got a blanket. I'm gonna cover you with the floor mat. <laughs> I guess my example is, I don't know. You know, we all know people that have been like in the game or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that start out selling drugs end up becoming addicted to drugs. A lot yeah. of times. Like, like yeah. you only get so much mileage. And, like, if hip-hop was a person, that's almost what happened to hip-hop. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's also I mean? how, like, the, the, the mainstream industry marketed it. It's like, how do we capitalize off this? So I'm going to tell you right now, my conspiracy theory is the upper heads in the fucking hip-hop industry are drug dealers. And I'm going to, if I want you to take drugs, I'm going to tell you to fucking rap about it. Yeah. Yeah, like, because, yeah. like, we, 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 we pay for what people want to, like we want people to consume. Like we got this 902 lit shirt here at the head of the table. Uh, we want people to recognize it, so we're gonna promote it. Yeah. And so, like, if you're not, if you don't want people to do drugs, you're not gonna get people to promote it, and you're not gonna pay someone to rap about drugs yeah. because it's not gonna help you any if you're not yeah. selling drugs. <laughs> so you're selling fucking drugs. It adds up, man. Yeah, like, you know, the popular like, drugs too are like pharmaceuticals. It's, and yeah, stuff, no, it's right? over the counter, so, yeah. yeah. and it's and that's what it is. It's like you got you're yeah, down, like, like you're Ativan, yeah. you're fucking Xanax, yeah. whatever Percocets, even like ADD meds and shit. Exactly, man. You fucking you. Yeah. All right. Cool. Hmm. I think we can sell some fucking merch here. Regardless if they buy it, they're buying it from someone that already purchased it. Yeah. So that person needs to purchase more because someone stole their shit. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's good for you. Drugs yeah. are not. Drugs are not. No. And, that, and that's, that's the point is, it's like we don't put money behind what we don't believe in. Facts. Yeah. And that's just the real fucking reality of it. And it's like, if I'm going to tell you to fucking rap about drugs for fucking nine albums. Yeah. The person that's paying me to do this is probably selling fucking drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Of course. There's certain things that'll always sell too. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, I was actually watching an interview of Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Shout out Bone Thugs. Hmm. Um, and he was in he was like, you know, he was in the industry, like not just as an artist, he was like, you know, doing promotion, like all sorts of shit. And he went, he was invited to this meeting of like top people in hip hop from like a friend of his in the industry. So they went to this meeting. I'll make this quick, sorry. They went to this yeah. meeting. Okay, there's a bunch of the higher ups in hip hop. They're supposed to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. Okay, they sign it. Somebody comes in the room that he doesn't know. He basically says, a lot of us are, um, basically we have an investment opportunity for you. Uh, we're building privatized prisons and we're trying to fill the prisons up, right? And you guys as artists, we want you to push hip hop in a more gangster yeah. like direction. Like, you know, they, they wanted to get rid right. of like, you know, the, the KRSs and like. Yeah, you don't want that positive rap. They're like, you know what? Because that doesn't make people want to go to jail. That doesn't make people sell drugs. That doesn't. What, so what happens? Like, yeah, you, you fucking, you rap about drugs, you rap about gun violence, you rap about all these other yeah. shit. You rap, rap about uh, womenizing women and fucking selling ass. All those things are illegal. You rap about illegal shit, people are going to want to do illegal yeah. shit, which in turn puts them in a fucking prison. Mm-hmm. And on also on another flip side, if there's money opportunities, they're going to take them. Yeah. Like, it's all like, you know, it's, it's a big fucking umbrella. It's a tree that they fucking grow with a purpose. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, like, how hip-hop has made gangster... Like, gangsterism is, like, seeped into the suburbs. 
man. You know what I mean? Like, you see, like, little fucking Kyle with his fucking full champion track suit and motherfucking Supreme fanny pack. Yeah, it's a symbol. It's the hip hop culture, right? It's like, and that's how powerful. But that specific aspect of the hip hop culture, like, it is the hip hop culture, but it's really the lifestyle aspect. It's not like, the peace, love, unity, and having fun hip hop. No. It's like. It's the flyest fucking I gotta fucking. It's like, I'm balling, you know? Yeah. I do what I want, fuck the haters, you know, that kind of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. I gotta look at all my drip. It's you like that little, I mean? like, little white girl off uh, fucking Dr. Phil. Bad baby. Yeah, yeah. Bad like, baby. Like that, that, that fucking instance of like, you know, you're, you're fucking, you're watching someone that grew up in a different environment other than the hood and wasn't exposed to that culture. Because there's white people that grew up in the hood. Of course, of course, 110%. But then you have someone that embraces it now as like just that fucking road off kid and that's arguing with their mother like, fuck you, Debbie. He ain't telling me what the fuck. (laughs) I'm your mother, listen. And then you you be like, oh my God, I can't get my daughter straight and don't take her to Dr. Phil. And then she's like, meet me outside, catch me outside. And now now she's fucking famous and now she's like a fucking, not to throw a stereotype out there, she's a red rat. Yeah, like you know, like that, that, like that, 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 that behavior of like, I don't give a fuck. No one can tell we me nothing. We reward shitty behavior yeah. a lot these yeah. days, I think. And like, so I was watching King of the Hill. I don't know why this. What a show! I was watching King of the Hill. I was watching King of the Hill. Just smoke too, probably just like lay back, you know. What I mean? <laughs> Only time you can understand boom out. Yeah. Oh man, I, I, when I got older and I started smoking and drinking and shit, I started understanding what he said. Yeah, see? But yeah. And so Bobby, Hank Hill gets mad at Bobby, he's listening to rap. And Peggy Hill goes, Oh, gangsters and hoes is the new cowboys and Indians. Wow. <laughs> and wow. I was just like, she learned some shit. That's actually no. That's actually that's actually like facts, though. You know, like kids aren't running around with their like little fucking cowboy hat. Like, shoop, shoop, I got gotcha. you. They're like yeah, they're playing gangster. No, and that's like it's funny because like uh, my kids watch a lot of YouTube, and like there was like fucking like a month of like I think it was like in January or no, like June. And my son's watching a ton of fucking, like, YouTube videos. But it's this one video that, like, kind of, like, stems off into, like, related videos. And it's, like, this kid, he's being a cop. And his dad's, like, the bad guy. And, it like, he's just telling, like, the kid's just running around saying, boom, boom, shooting the bad guy. And it's not, like, you know, it's, like, that fucking stigma of police. Mm. Of, like, he's, like, holy fuck. He's just shooting the bad guy. You're bad. You're going to jail. Like, there was no... There was no like protected serve, you know, like yeah. the, like that fucking thing. It was like, well, like now our kids are thinking that police just shoot and arrest people. Yeah, well, and, even, and that's that's the job of police. I was probably leave off the shoot. Oh, shoot them. That's media too, though. Like, and that's that's just the that, media, right? And like, that's the whole fucking thing. And then it branched off into a ton of these. You watch cop movies? If you ever watch cop movies, I don't think they ever arrest anybody. No, like if you watch like Lethal Weapon and shit, I don't think they ever arrest anybody. The amount of bodies they stack up, the amount of bodies they stack up. Like you think about it, like how many people go. Jail in those bit, jail, like, like in, like, even like Bad Boys 2. 
Like, yeah. they, they just went through clearing. <laughs> like, just clearing on everybody. Yeah. They scared. My job says I have to try and take you to jail, <laughs> but if you shoot at me, yeah. done. And they, even, they even make jokes about it sometimes. They're like, they're like, my cat says I'm not supposed to do this, but Bob! <laughs> yeah. just like, Jesus, yeah, man. And and, yeah, like, 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 they're telling you, like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I have to follow the law, but not this time, buddy. Yeah. I'm in the law. And it's fucked. So, like, Speaking for a while, my son was running around the host to me being like, Daddy, let's play cops. I'm like, nah, I don't like that shit. I don't like that yeah. shit. I, like, I got to look over my cop, my shoulder for cops on a daily basis. I don't want to look over for you, Let's man. play like, fire. I don't want you, don't want fire, you to man. run around here being like, boom, shoot me, you a bad guy. Like, it's a, like that complex. It's of, a like, cy- yeah, it's, you know, like a, it's funny what can seep into your mind, like, in, psychologically, how, like, little things like that can really impact your view of the world. Very. And it was like... After the George George Floyd thing, like, was heavy in in like the news and shit, and it's like, man, like this is fucking crazy. Like, these little innocent videos that are like deemed appropriate for kids on YouTube, but the psychological effect it has on them and how they view shit, and yeah. it's like, we just mindlessly like, oh, there's people like they're like, ah, oh, that's so cute, and then or not even paying attention to what their kids are watching, and, yeah. like, and I'm like. I picked up on it. I was like, "Holy God! Like this is fucking. This is fucked up." And then, like now he's like, "Like he'll we'll be walking to school or some shit, and he'll be like, Daddy, police shoot people.'" I'm like, "Oh yes, they shoot people, but they're not supposed to do that." I'm like, "I'm like they they protect and serve." And I'm like, "I'm he's he's four, and I'm just like, how do you tell a four year old like to fucking, you know, like you try you want them to, you know, project that like you want to tell them that police will be the good guys. They're not just supposed to like you know." Yeah. 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 Because then you have someone that grows up and they're like, oh, fuck. I'm going to be a cop. I want to shoot somebody. And like, I I, mean, I remember I went to high school with this dude and he was like, yeah, I want to be a cop. I want to be, I want to have a gun. I want to have a gun. He was a dickhead in school. I don't know if he's a cop yeah. now, but like he was a dickhead. And then like, that was his reason for wanting I'm to be a the biggest yeah. dickheads at my school became cops. And, and that's <laughs> the reality of the fucking shit. It's like, you know what? I'm a dickhead. If I get a gun, I also have power, and I can be a dickhead to whoever I want. Give me your ID. No, I don't gotta give me my. Give me your ID. Bang. Beat yeah. Down. And it's like you're just a dickhead. Yeah. It's like so. It's like, you know, it's like fuck. Like where do we have that shit? But yeah, back to hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the way the conversation just goes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like you know, like you want to play fireman. I'm gonna play fireman with the kids. Exactly. You know what I mean? Firemen never put out fires at the wrong house. I'll tell exactly. you that. But no one, no one, no one's saying fuck the fire department. No one's making sure I stop fucking the fire department. So. Uh, I, um, I listened to uh, Marvwan. Shout out to Marvwan. Um, his last album that came out was called Soundtrack of Autumn, but he's got this song on it called Fire Truck. Mm-hmm. It's talking about like when he was a kid, like you know. When he was a kid, like all the kids he knew wanted to play with fire trucks. No, they didn't want. They didn't want to play with like toy police cars, mm-hmm. right? And like how that, like, because that's another thing in hip hop too. I guess is hip hop. You know, we just talked about the bad shit and how they're propagating the bad shit. But like, mm-hmm. how much hip hop has actually done for people, and like, and like, you know, how it has given people to talk about, like, a voice to talk about police brutality. And things like that. Like it gives a platform for all that shit. So it's like you have when you're on a large platform, and also it gives anybody the voice to express how they feel about some shit. Yeah. 
like Chico's track, the Fun the Police that he did with Moves, and who else was on that? Ghetto Socks. Socks and. Um, Lavender? No. Yeah, Lavender. Yeah, yeah. And, and General Khan. Yeah, so you Khan. so you have that platform to like to speak out, and then you you bring it in together where it's like, how do you change? And then it's like, okay, we hear all the shit that's wrong. We hear all the shit that's wrong. Let me fucking figure out some shit. I don't know. That's the way I learned. Like a lot of my fucking like knowledge came from watching people do dumb shit. And watch people fucking just like fuck up and we're like, holy fuck, they really yeah. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's and important it's like to learn to from it. other people's mistakes. They say I, you learn from your mistakes and that's true. But yeah. like if you're smart, you can learn from other people's mistakes. Which is something I wish I did more. Because I ended up doing the exact same stupid shit I've seen people do before. And I'm like, how oh, you have. knew that was wrong? <laughs> we all we all have. And we all think we're going to be an exception to the rules. Like, you're not. You're like, you're like that. You're, you, we always have that complex of like... Oh, I'm not going to be the guy that walks out in the street and get hit by the bus. I'm not him. Yeah. I'm not the guy that gets hit by the bus. Yeah. But in, in terms, we're all nobody, the fucking guy nobody's gonna be the, the Nobody's going to be the guy that gets locked up. Nobody's going to be yeah. the guy that gets shot. No, we're, we all think we're mind, the exception. Until it happens. Yeah. We're all, we, we always think we're the exception. Yeah, I, I heard once that you're somebody else to somebody else. So yeah. you always think something's <laughs> going to happen to somebody else, but you're somebody yeah, else to somebody else. Exactly. Like, and so, like, I, like, I, like, luckily, my older brother, he's nine years older than me, and he... He did a lot of shit, and he was like, don't do that dumb shit. And he was making sure I wasn't doing the shit. Like, he's like, look at how that fucked me up. Look at how that fucked me up. So, like, I came from being in that position to, like, watch someone fuck up and someone tell me, like, oh, I fucked up. Yeah. And having taken accountability for it and being like, don't do that. I did that so you don't got to do that. So For sure. And that's another, Lovely. that's a thing about, like, another thing about hip-hop is, like, even when they talk about gangsterism and stuff, like, back in the day, you talk about the pitfalls of it. Or, like, even new guys, like... Um, Benny the Butcher, you know, like the Griselda, they, you know, they'll talk about the realness of it. They're not oh, just promoting it, right? Man. Like, um, you know, um, hope uh, so crack. So hopefully you won't have to go through that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like crazy shit. It's like, yeah, it's like, Benny is fucking nuts. Yeah, Dude. Benny's new album, Burn the Proof, is I'm stupid. It in, oh, do it. Do it. It's really it's, good. It's crazy, like, to think of, like, because... You look at like Griselda and it's like, you're like, oh man, there's a bunch of drug dealers. But like, no, nah, like in terms, yes, but what they did to change their circumstances is what separates them from a lot of They're people. really yeah. smart. Yeah. Like, it's, like you, they did the rapping about the lifestyle that had, that, that molded them, that 100% yeah. molded them and took them, taking them in and fucking, all right, now, now I'm fucking getting paid. Couple hundred, yeah. hundred thousand yeah. for this and this and this and this and now I don't. Do but that Benny's, yeah. Benny's like, 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 he has like on one of his new songs, he talks about like how you know he'd give all this shit up if he could have his brother back. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And like he talks about like um, he talks about like some serious shit. Like he talks talks like um, God, I wish I could just think of some bars from it. But like you know, you can talk about like you know people like Kendrick. You know, mm-hmm. who's, a, who's a shining example. Talks about hood shit, but like from a, like an introspective lens and of like like a lens of like seeing shit for what it is. Yeah, yeah. you have to see what led to that. Like you can't just say, oh, he's a drug dealer, he's a criminal, he's a bad fucking person. But you don't know why he had to do that. Maybe he had no mother, no father. Like maybe he was, yeah. did, didn't get into fucking foster care and he had two little brothers that he had to fucking make money for. Like yeah. it's like, He's just fucking twelve years old, and now he he had, he's one running drugs back and forth, and now 
That's the only life he knows. And mm. that put food on the table for them. And that wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm a drug dealer. I make money. No. No, it's like, it's like I can't this get a job. This is what I got to do. And it's like, because kind of like the example of uh, fucking The Wire where fucking Michael B. Jordan's character, he was that oh. character where he was taking care of his little brother in a fucking crack host, basically. And like a fucking, Michael? Uh, Michael B. Jordan. I forget his character's name in The Wire. I think it was Michael. Yeah. But, yeah, but and so like he he was taking care of his little brother, making sure his little brother got to school every morning. Like yeah. here, like come on, that don't was Michael look so, B. Jordan. How yeah. did I not know that? Like don't look so dusty, <laughs> man. Don't look so dusty. And fucking like he's taking he he is being a parent. When yeah. He's 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, and like that character doesn't come out of nowhere. That character is based on somebody's real fucking well, life. Yeah. yeah, and you see and, him develop too. Like you yeah. see him slowly like, starting. Shit. Yeah, slowly yeah. starting to get like, because if, if you end up in this shit, you got to be in it, or you're gonna be out of it real quick. Yeah, do you same, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because you have to prepare yourself for the, the circumstances that the job title brings. Like, like yeah, you can't exactly. show you can't show up to McDonald's and not know how to work a cash register or flip a burger. Exactly, you got to prepare for that fucking job. So, preparing for the drug life. Oh fuck, I gotta get me a gun. I gotta get me this. I gotta make sure no one knows I'm, where I'm stashing this. Well, like, yeah. You know, like, and it's like you have you you have this like this person that is actual human being that just is literally doing what they have to do to survive. Totally. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching a show called Oz, and they were talking about drugs. Like this guy was in a rehab program, right? Mm-hmm. And he and he wasn't doing drugs, and uh, so he wasn't doing drugs, but he was selling drugs. And like his mentor said, you know, selling drugs is using drugs. Because mm-hmm. and that you said something earlier about uh, hip hop and how uh, it went from like being about drugs to being addicted to drugs. But in the beginning, in in both in both ways of selling. And using its addiction to drugs because you're addicted to what the drugs Money bring you. Or, and it's or, like because there's you know. there's some people that just can't let it go. It's like fuck it. It's way too fucking easy. Yeah. It's way too fast. It's way too like you know like, and I know people that are in that lifestyle that just fucking it's like it's they know it like the back of their hand. It's not it's not something. Yeah, you don't even got to think. Yeah, and it's like it's almost a passive fucking income. Like it's like yeah, I'm all right, cool. Yeah. And it's it's so easy that they just like fucking. I'm, I'm, the thing is, I don't, I'm not I'm not getting a fucking job. No, I'm not no. going back to school. The thing is yeah. though, and the, if they go back to school, they're gonna be like, "Fuck, there's a lot of potentials here." Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of fucking yeah. <laughs> And it's like, fuck. It's, <laughs> that's the way their fucking brains work. Maybe they could have they could have like, if circumstances were different, that so person could have fucking hell had a fucking Fortune 500 company mm-hmm. or a fucking lucrative business. In any form, way like in any other form, but you take what was available, mm-hmm. and that's what I don't know. It's like you can't just write someone off. Is my yeah. point of that? No, and you know every saint has a past. Every or yeah, every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. Mm-hmm. That's what they say, right? Like I've seen people grow a lot. You exactly. know, I mean, people change, and you know, it's in a weird way. I've even seen people use. Well, not in a weird way. But I've seen people use the bad that they've done or what they've been involved in for tremendous good. Oh, fuck yeah. And so, so you have you have those people that are like, like like we say with like Zelda, like they, they flipped their shit. They took their fucking dope money and created another revenue stream for themselves. Mm. We're going to make music. Mm. And how we go, like how, how do people relate to us? We're just real as fuck. We, we, we can rap. Yeah. As they can fucking see, but we're going to give them 
something that they can relate to, that something they can recognize and something that they understand. And when people know it's real, people are fucking behind that shit. Mm. They're like, all right, cool. I'm, I fuck with you. Yeah. I fuck with you, Pablo. Yeah. Know why? Because that story, I remember that story. I heard that story I, about you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just give it to me. And so, you know, all kinds of shit like that. Absolutely. Like, um, aquaculture. Phenomenal example of exactly. somebody that turned his whole shit around. 100%. And shout like, out to aquaculture. Shout out to aquaculture. That's the big homie. Like, just... And you know, aqua doesn't... I'm going to take a slug of that too, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, to get my guests to pour the water. Pour <laughs> <laughs> um, <Well>, my shit. <laughs> um, but you know, aqua doesn't even really rap about... Like he does on some, like on some songs, but like for the most part, like his themes aren't just no, gangster. Like no, it's I, it's, it's it's it's, it's uh, his, his shit's the what I've learned, what 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 my life has turned me to learn from. Like you know, like he put there's there's shit out there, and then you just learn from it, and it's like that's what it's there for for some people, and some people don't get the chance to look back at it and learn from it. Some people are just so fucking stuck in like that like rut. Yeah. So it's like there's very few people out there that learn from that shit and then like, all right, cool. Let me fucking take this, flip it over, and keep it running. Mm. Yeah. Another good example is Corey Wright. Yeah. Like both both phenomenal artists and people. Not Corey. Yeah. They like they've turned and they've turned into like a learning experience for the next generation. And that's it. It's not, it's not that, uh, like, all right, cool, I'm done with that and move on my life. But they're using what they've went through to help fucking yeah. people. And, and those people will listen because it's not just, you're not just some fucking person that doesn't know what the life is like. Yeah, like, I can't tell you, like, I, I can't go to a school and fucking sit there and have a fucking whole assembly on, but stay out of jail. Jail's horrible. I ain't never been to jail. I ain't never been to jail. I ain't yeah. never been to jail. I can't tell you. I, I, I could. 100% I could. Say, like, this is bad. It's going to derail your life. You lose this time, blah, blah, blah. But people that been in it, it's going to give you that fucking experience. Well, it's like, they're going to give you, like, when I was in there, I lost this person. I lost this person. I couldn't go to that funeral. And you know what? It broke me down well, mentally. Yeah. And fucking, now my head's all over Our the Our version of that here. story or that assembly would be like, you know, um, these are the stories I've heard from people I love yeah. and people I know. But... It but always like, comes, it's always better from the horse's from mouth. From the horse's mouth, right? And that's that's one of the things I love most about hip-hop. Like, in, in a sense, hip-hop is almost like a parent. Like, for, like, yeah. like for some people. Like, if you got the right artist. If you got the right artist. If you got the right artist, I'll give you that. No, but for real, like, you know, I, even, like, I feel like I soaked up so much game from, like, listening to rap over the years. Like, like... Not, not like, like just the little nuggets of wisdom, like you know what I mean. There's gems. Like I, I say, my 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 alarm clock is hustle and motivate, mm-hmm. right? Every day when I wake up, the first thing I want to be thinking about is hustling and motivated. It it, it like, does matter what you're fucking opening your ears to, and your fucking brain's like, all right. Also, hip hop's taught a lot of people how to speak English, like outside. Crazy. Like, yeah. Even if you go to like northern Quebec and stuff, like kids only know how to speak English through like hip hop and like TV. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, and that's crazy. And this is like, uh, whose story was this? I don't know. Someone's like, it was a famous person. They were telling me how they went on. Like, they were like, I'm going to Africa and blah blah blah. And then they like stumble upon like a mural of Biggie and Pac on a wall in Africa, and it's like. That's crazy because it's like, and I think this was like early 2000s or some shit. And it's like, 
to be so influential that someone's throwing up a mural of you in Africa yeah. where people don't re- generally listen to hip-hop or, you know, like, it speaks to the influence that hip-hop has. 